0: Hi and welcome to another Mystery School edition. I'm your host Jacob Cox, and our topic tonight is Inner Earth. I'm very excited about this one. I hope you guys are too. Got a lot of cool things to share with you, and uh, hope you guys are up for it. So let's go. Um, so one of the first things I feel like I need to address with this topic that kind of goes with it, but doesn't. Um, and I and I debated on this all day about adding this to tonight's topic, but I really think just getting it out the open and putting it out there in the very beginning is important. Um, I know a lot of people are going to come at me with the flat earth theory thing too. I am someone who has dived into, I don't even like the word conspiracy theory because I feel like it's a label that's not positive as it should be. Um, I know the word conspiracy theory comes from the JFK case when JFK was assassinated they told everybody, you know, this is the the narrative that we want to uh, you guys to know anything or anybody that questions that narrative is um, a conspiracy theorist. Someone that you're not going to listen to what we say. We're going to label you something else, make you deem you crazy and that kind of stuff. So and uh, we know today even, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says that his dad and his uncle were murdered by the CIA. So, you know, let's let's call it what it is. Right. It's. um. It's just something we have to deal with. So, anyways, I, I'm I'm a big person when it comes to uh, deep truths. I, I want to know the the answers as much as possible. I, I dig into them, not for or against, but with an open mind and an open heart to see, you know, what the truth is. What really is the truth, no matter what, you know, I've been taught as a kid or what I've been told. Um, but one of the things that comes up, I can't kind of with this topic is the flat earth theory thing. And I, I put my two cents in this topic. I've researched it and it just doesn't fly to me as many other um, conspiracy topics definitely do. I enjoy many of them. It's just one that's all of a sudden came out of nowhere and has more mainstream backing than anything else. And to me, you know, Call I me mean, whatever you want, but I, there are people out there with intentions to completely disrupt truth, to completely make us think that, you know, everything is crazy and, and, you know, we shouldn't be researching these topics. But this to me, the flatter theory is at least one that is put out there and then every other thing, every other conspiracy theory, every other big idea that's not mainstream is thrown in there with it. So, you know if you think this then you think the flat earth is this or whatever and i i don't subscribe to that i don't i don't i think that's intentional to kind of put everything in in with the same with one big theory that if you believe this and you have to believe the flat earth theory and everything too i don't believe that i'm i'm a i'm a seeker of truth and that's what i'm here to do so for me um i just i just want to put that out there i i don't agree with it um i'm open to all things i'll listen to anybody i'll debate with anybody i'll discuss with anybody But there are certain things that I just know for sure. Like when you take water and put it into a zero gravity atmosphere, that water is going to combine into the smallest, tightest sphere that it can be in. And then it's going to start to rotate. And then bubbles, the bubbles that are in the water will literally, um, literally fall into the center um, of that bubble. And the water makes a tight globe in zero gravity. And as it rotates and moves to the center axis, it will basically produce like a bubble core. And so the water's spinning and the bubbles in the core, and it almost has like a, a toroidal type, um, a torus type energy to it or a field. And so there's a middle part that's kind of open with these bubbles in it. And you can add things to it, tea leaves and certain things, and they'll they'll kind of stay on the surface. And if you add other things that are the same buoyancy as water, they'll stay in the middle. So to me, when the Earth is 70 some percent water, um, that water is going to con- combine to to create this really tight bubble, uh, not a flat surface. And when we look at the planets and the stars and everything, everything's round. The stars are round, and um, they have—they're not flat. So I just want to put that out there because I feel like it's super important these days to be very clear and very intentional with my information and what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to to show people. Um, So from that point, let's go on to the inner earth stuff. And I'm gonna share my screen with you guys right now. All right, so hollow earth, let's go straight into it. Hollow earth and inner earth, um, it it kinda has many names, but let's talk about some of the facts first and foremost when it comes to the planet. Um, The planet is 4,000 miles from the earth, from the crust to the center. We have drilled eight miles out of that, so we have just a tiny fraction of that. So, anybody that tells you we know what's at the middle of the Earth, we don't know what's at the middle of the Earth. We we have clues, and the only thing, the only reason we have any evidence to support any theories is seismographs. When we create seismographs that goes through the planet, and um, we're able to look at them and see, you know, how things are reverberating and how things are um, showing us that information from the planet. Um, but the earth is like an onion. It definitely does have layers. We see different, um, seismograph comes back and, and shows us, you know, things are, uh, definitely there to create the layers of the planet. Um, you know, showing us like the crust is 25 miles deep, the mantle hundred, and then you get to core and your inner core and all that kind of stuff. I, I mean, I agree with all that stuff. I'm not, not kind of go out on a crazy lens and say those things don't exist. I'm just saying the, the liquid iron magma core that we say is a hundred percent fact, there's always speculation and and until things are proven fact, we, we, there's no reason to ever deem anybody crazy or anything by, you know, honestly, just looking at evidence to see what else is out there. We don't know why not look at it and try to figure out what, what is the answer? What is the truth? It's very important to try to figure that out. Um, So one of the first stories that, you know, not first, but one of the stories that's come up, you know, that we all kind of know about Jules Verne's journey to the center of the earth. That book is, you know, really profound. And honestly, I think Jules could have been channeling something um, past life or something that he was able to bring out that information and create a modern day story of them going to the inner earth. I think that's really cool. Um, But there's certainly a lot of information on the inner earth and the hollow earth theory. And uh, there's a lot of people For many, many years, Um, you know, just in modern day times, in the past couple of hundred years, three or four hundred years, we've had certain scientists to come up with this theory. One being Edmund Haley. Now, you guys probably know Haley as the comet guy. He did discover the comet. But this guy was, you know, when it comes to scientists of his time, he was the top elite. Um, And he said that the solid core with inner spheres, like a Russian doll, and the space in between each rotating at their own speed. Um, so he, you know, he was one of these people that proposed that there's more to uh, the planet than um, than what we probably know. And, and, and so it's important to realize that this is not a new idea. It's not a new conspiracy theory idea. These Edmund Haley, uh, a guy named Leonard Euler, he was an incredible mathematician who said who basically said the core he believed was like a miniature sun. And that goes along with many of these hollow earth ideas. Uh, and, and I like to use the word inner earth because I don't I don't know that the earth is technically hollow, although space, 99 percent of most space and all space is hollow. Right. It's empty space. At least that's what we're told. Um, so he says, Guler says that the um, the inner core could be like a sun. We do have descriptions of that from some ancient text saying that there was like um, a light that came from the center, but it wasn't the sun because could they couldn't see the sun. Um, so that's important to know that, you know, for the past 400 years, this has been an accepted idea by many scientists. And it's not just some crazy thing that people just came up with. But beyond that, there are many other stories, um, about the inner earth. And one of the big ones comes from, you know, a military guy named Admiral Burke. Now, if you know anything about the inner earth, this is probably the biggest guy we got, um, uh, when it comes to inner earth and what, um, what he had to share, now, the thing about Admiral Bird is the most of the information that we have about him, so he goes and flies to the North Pole in, in, um, in the early 1900s, uh, and so supposedly when he goes up there and he goes inside the earth and everything, he comes back to tell everyone what happened. And they they just they hush it up. They tell everyone not to talk about it. And so there's no information. Not until 1984, when supposedly his son, you know, kind of put his diary out there to have this information that, you know, this is this is what my dad's diary says of his, you know, his explorations of the North Pole. And so I want to read a little bit to you because I think it's pretty fascinating. And so he's flying up, he's flying to the North Pole, and he he writes in his diary. Um, he flies in, he, he sees mountains and he sees green grass and luscious vegetation that shouldn't be here after he's already in the North Pole and it's snowy and, and icy and everything. Um, he says that the light is different and he can't see the sun. I think that's pretty, pretty to the point, you know, he can't see the sun, but there's some kind of light that permeates from the inside. Eventually, um, he sees what at first he thinks is an elephant, but then he knows right away that it's not an elephant, that it looks more like a woolly mammoth In his diary. And I think that's pretty fascinating. And then all of a sudden, as he's flying in, um, the, you know, the, the things of the airplane, uh, they start to go crazy, you know, the, all his dials and engages and, and everything and start to spin erratically and they seem to no longer be working. Um, and then after after that his actually his the steering um is just it goes away i mean it's just he has no control over the airplane anymore, and he's just flying it's like someone has taken him over, and he even says that there are ships like uFOs um you know he says like saucer type metallic type discs that are all around him flying around him, and eventually they like um they they get into his, you know, the speaker box of the of the aircraft and they start talking to him in English and they tell him, you know, Harry, everything's okay. You're in good hands. We're going to land you in like seven minutes. And so that's what happens. And he he lands and he goes, he goes into the he goes into this uh this place and he's he's greeted by you know larger beings um who talk to him and they basically tell them this is right after war two, that you guys shouldn't be um you guys shouldn't be using nuclear weapons. You're destroying the whole planet for all of us. And to bring that message back to the people, uh, which I think is fascinating. That's what they're most concerned about, the, the state of the planet, you know, when it comes to really, hey, you got somebody you're bringing in. Um, <clears throat> let's tell them about that. So another thing, he says the aircraft, those aircrafts are really buoyant, The the ships and everything. And another thing that he talks about is the temperature was like 74 degrees, which I think is really kind of important because I've heard this kind of number between 68 and 74 for different people going into the planet and um, different cave systems and things like that. And it being like this really room temperature, which, you know, it, obviously they're in the North Pole, people are in the South Pole and they're going in. And so they got this room temperature, type deal. But what I think is really fascinating when the first thing that I thought about that was... You know, coal fusion, um, hot fusion. We know scientists will say straight up that in star systems stuff, hot fusion is is how these planets create their energy and everything. Well, coal fusion takes place would would take place at room temperature, Um, and, and that's that's the theories of all the stuff. So, if there is some kind of huge reaction going on in the center of the planet, and there's you know everything seems to be room temperature, and the coal fusion could take place, there are a lot of countries right now taking a lot of money and um, time to really work on this so is it possible maybe i don't know but i think it's just cool to know that coal fusion could be the way that this inner sun is working in some way um and then also um bird talked about crafts that could fly from pole to pole so this is this is just fascinating information all the stuff that comes out about his diary all the stuff that he's shared Um, that wrote down and again there's no way we can prove this that he actually wrote this but um, you know certainly it looks like something that could have been his it's you know um, it's just information that we have and we can take it and not take it to me it's just something I put out there and does it correspond with other things other information that we find and I think often it does Um, but anyway according to him and according to Albert Einstein other scientists they did believe that there were openings on the north pole and on the south pole in which that someone could fly in this would be consistent with that bubble i was telling you about earlier with the bubble core that there is some kind of open core to you know um, water being in space as it rotates and so this is this is incredible stuff this is what many ancient civilizations have talked about many ancient civilizations have talked about. Um, the inner earth, you know, the Egyptians, Native Americans, the Sioux, the, Inuit, the Inuits, the Iceland, India, Aztecs, Mayans, they all, even the Bible talks about, you know, uh, the hell being inside the earth, um, and the underworld, of the Mayans, they, they go down there to, you know, uh, have these spiritual journeys and meet these, you know, really enlightened type beings that, you know, can be uh, scary as well, but certainly almost every culture seems to talk about coming up their civilization, uh, the Hopi um, and and civilizations coming out of the earth and submerging from this subterranean, uh, you know, place within the earth and not just in one area, but all around the planet. So um, that's, this is really cool. I mean, this stuff, we can't just say that's not what we were told in school anymore and, and not look at it and give it a fair, honest look. That's, that's where i'm at and i want to know because i believe at the end of the day the things that we've learned in school has just been stuff to regurgitate on command and tell you hey you know i've learned this i'm i studied it i made my a i can go make my my way in the world when really honestly i feel like the smartest people have the most questions you know what i mean um i have questions if this is true or that's true you know um and certainly the inner earth is one of these subjects that it It definitely looked, you know, we need to look at it and say, is is there something to this? Um, I mean, think about the sinkholes that are happening now that are just falling in. And some of them, they're so deep, you can't even see the bottom of it. There are deep caves all over the world. Um, In Vietnam, Son Dung Cave is like six miles in. And it has ancient forests and rivers and an ecosystem that doesn't even exist um, except in this cave. Uh, And even people talk about seeing like reptilians down there and coming out of there, Uh, reptilian type, uh, hominoids, um, coming out. So do you just want to dismiss every single story and never look at anything, man? That's just, to me, that's just a black or white world. It's this or that it's black or white. To me, the world is much more multidimensional, much more colorful, much more incredible than we've ever been told. And that's what excites me. I feel like as a kid, if everything's already, if everything's already discovered what the, how the moon got there and the planet and all the stars, there's no mystery in the world. There's no discovering for oneself, like what's, what's out there. And that to me is super important because I feel like not, it's not all figured out. Maybe somebody has figured it out throughout their time, but it's so important for you and I, as individuals to learn and figure it out for ourselves, to trust our own intuitions, to follow the teachers, whether it be a book or a person or a video or an event, and really listen to that. You ever hear that um, that saying? When the student is ready, the teacher appears. And like I said, it could be a book, it could be an event, it could be a human, it could be anything. But what you're ready for, what you're hungry for, the universe will put it in your in your atmosphere to help you evolve to figure those answers out. And that's where I feel so drawn to these dangerous subjects, the conspiracy subjects. I love them. Um, and I'd say, I believe every single one, I certainly don't, but, uh, and I I said at the beginning of the, of the talk today. So, but I, I do, I do like a lot and I do really, um, can see how things have been And you know, not to say that every single person is trying to keep information from you, but not everybody knows. And they're just passing down information that was given to them that we've all kind of accepted, but certainly we know we found different species and, you know, the even Antarctica itself could be a planet. I mean, a planet could be a continent that has been in a place where it had no ice on it at some point. Certainly we have maps that show exactly what that continent looks like without ice on it. And that's the only way we could know that if, if it was in a place at some point where it didn't have ice on it. So, you know, history is not what we're told. History, his story, and that his story is usually a king or some very uh, you know, elite human being with information that they want to hoard from the people. And I think that's important. But to realize, right, that, you know, information is is, is very powerful. You know, when they say knowledge is power, information is light, I feel like. Uh, I feel like that's why I'm always going after it. I'm, I feel like I'm poor in spirit. You know, there's so much information and in, in light and information. I want to know more. But there are all these um, incredible stories of inner earth and that is incredible right the agartha story in general um that's it's in the center of the earth and basically the legend is it is an advanced race of giants and you can enter in different places in peru and the pyramids of giza and it's this inner inner place with you know oftentimes shambhala seems to be the capital Um, Shambhala means the peace happiness this is a legend of the Tibetan Buddhist uh, in the Himalayas they you know believed it was highly developed uh, people high spiritual technologies and understandings um, beyond what we have today Um, it sounds like in the beginning of the legend of Shambhala that it was a physical place that you could do and over time it seemed that it became a higher dimensional place that kind of disappeared, but legend would always say that it would reappear again. Um, And I think that's really important to know too. Um, And we'll go, we'll get to that a little bit later, but another place inside the earth was Shangri La, right? The fountain of youth. And then even under, even here in America, we talk about Telos. If you guys have ever heard of that or Lemurians, And they say to be underneath the, uh, Mount Shasta, there seems to be an inner city under there. Um, again, you know, I even went to Mount Shasta myself to even try to, you know, begin to find places like that because I'm so intrigued. Cause I I don't want to be a person who just sits here and says things. I want to be someone who actually goes out and tries to find the truth myself too. But, um, that's important, you know, to always, to always go out there and try to try to discover more, not just be complacent with your own beliefs. I am constantly evolving, constantly changing my belief system, but I certainly do believe this is something that is true, something that is real, that there are cave systems all over the world that are super deep. Um, and I've talked about giants before in other talks, uh, even in here in America, as we talk about the red-haired giants that come up caves, and they're still seen today and many giants are still seen coming out of cave systems and stuff. So it's really important, but, you know, like I said, here's Shambhala in this picture here. Uh, And again, you know, it's this incredibly beautiful high technology city with high spiritual um, aptitude for the people that living in there. Um, And, you know, maybe it is in a higher dimension now, you know, maybe, maybe we, have to at least come to the conclusion that not everything is physical, right? Um, I think it's important to say that. Let me, let me, before I go to, to a big hypothesis here and blow your guys' minds, hopefully let's, let's talk about the prophecy at least for a second. And um, it's Tibetan prophecy, uh, a future where humans have deteriorated from materialism and surface people have become united under an evil king. At this time, Shambhala is to rise from hiding, and the 32nd ruler of Shambhala will ignite a war, employing powerful magical weapons to kill the evil king and his forces, ushering in an era of lasting peace between people. Now, if that doesn't sound like some other stories from other cultures that we know of, you, know, uh, you probably haven't read enough, because it certainly sounds um, it's very similar to many other stories that we have heard about over time. So that's, that's important. You know, we've got these incredibly similar stories about these times in the past that happened, always, always saying, Hey, these things will happen again. And inside the, inside, you know, uh, the inner earth, they tell all kinds of stories, different kinds of people, different kinds of ships, huge, large vegetation, mushrooms, trees, um, dinosaurs that live in the inner earth, woolly mammoths that live in the earth. You know, plants, all kinds of things that no longer exist on the surface as much. But I do believe that there are large trees and vegetation and then plants and trees and and animals, obviously, that no longer exist on our planet. You know, one of the things that I think there's two possibilities when we talk about some of the dinosaurs and stuff that are still seen, the thunderbirds of the Americas are still seen where people still see pterodactyls today. Uh, Michele Mbembe in Africa, which is just like a smaller type brontosaurus. Um, Lake uh, Champagne has Champ, Nessie. Um, There are still dinosaurs that are seen on this planet all the time. Now, I think some of those are portals where dinosaurs come through and they're seen for just a small amount of time before they no longer exist because they don't exist in our timeline anymore. So they kind of like dematerialize, if you will. I think that's a huge possibility or another possibility is they do come out of the cave system sometimes and we do see them Um, either or I kind of tend to go towards the portal route and especially for Nessie and Champ and those kind of things Loch Ness has always been a high place of high spiritual vibration for things like that to happen but um, certainly I I do believe that there are um, still dinosaurs that exist on this planet that live inside our inner earth. So what a magical place, you know, inside uh, our planet. How crazy is that? That there could be uh, a planet with uh, our planet having civilizations, people, technologies beyond what we have today. And, you know, these people live in a very harmonious way that we no longer live. And, And it sounds like we probably did at some point live in this Garden of Eden. But as of right now, our planet is very different from that. But we seemingly are living in this time of great purification. Um, And that is the big idea that I want to share with you guys tonight. So there are lots of stories and lots of books about the inner earth. And I suggest, you know, go read and check them all out for yourself. That's, you know, super important. Um, You know, I, I don't want anybody to believe anything that I say, you know, I'm just simply someone who's doing some research and finding some pretty incredible things. And I feel like it's incredible enough to share, with you guys. But, um, the thing that I feel like is the most important thing to share about the subject is the native American, uh, tales, legacies, um, stories that are passed down from their people. And, you know, the Hopi in particular is one I really want to share. So this is a picture of the four corners, Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, and Arizona. Um, and you see the Navajo Reservation Nation and the Hopi Reservation. Um, this area is has a lot of, of, of story about what the Hopi called the Ant people. And the Hopi means peaceful person, just so you know. And that kind of really goes along with Shambhala being a place of peace and happiness, right? The word for ant in Hopi is Anu. In the Bible, Anu was the leader of the giants. The word for friend in Hopi is Anaki. So Anunaki is ant friend. So they're ant friends who helped them during cataclysms. So they had at least two cataclysms in the past: fire and ice. And when these things happened, they took their people down underneath into the into the earth. And In these incredible uh, civilizations that they had, they gave them food. They took care of them as these cataclysms happened. And then, you know, once they were over, that's what I hope we say. Their, their people emerged from the Earth, and that's when they restarted civilization. The mass extinctions, the cataclysms, the, the deluge, the flood, all kinds of stories like this all around the world of the Earth having I think the best word for it is a purification that, you know, the people on the planet at some point, you know, the planet has to purify itself every, you know, most days, most of us, we wash our hands. We take a shower, we wash off and kill how many you know billions of bacteria off our hands. And do we care? Those are living organisms. No, we're purifying ourselves to clean ourselves so we can eat or, you know, go on with our day. At some point, the planet is a living being herself. Who's conscious and aware she has to purify herself too so that she can make it you know long term um and i think that's really important to see it as that not to see it as some devastation terrible thing but the planet has to purify itself and so if there's a race of, of beings who are able to live inside the earth and be a little more safer and a little bit more harmonious with each other and they bring in people this is an idea i'm very drawn to now, not only is this the only place, like I said, I told you, Mount Shasta and, you know, the Native Americans in Florida and different places throughout our country and all over the world. Again, there are civilizations that talk about the people that brought them underneath to be safe um, from these cataclysms. Um, so that's that's important. So I. I can't even, I can't even tell you how drawn I am to this area right now. And just wanting to go down there with my family, just to explore caves and caverns. And um, one of the things I definitely believe in is if you're, if you have that inner child alive inside of yourself, that's the number one key an open heart. If you have, remember all the, the, the movies, Indiana Jones and everything else. And, and, you know, it's, I know it's just a movie, right? But subconsciously, these movies, usually who finds the treasure, who finds these important artifacts? It's the guy with the pure heart, you know, even in Indiana Jones, the Nazis got to go get Indiana Jones to go find the girl for him, find these artifacts because he's the one with a pure heart and he wants to put it in a museum for all to see and everybody, but they want to use it for themselves. That's the kind of person I believe when you watch these Atlantis movies and stories, that we have to be like, we have to be like that child. That's not doing it for pure power and pleasure. You're doing it to help your family to survive and to thrive and to find out who you really are. Um, one of the, you know, so, so the Hopi, again, these are these peaceful people who live out there. They've, they go gone inside. And even when you see like a lot of their, you know, outfits and things that they wear and, and dances that they do, a lot of them have these really crazy people that they're dressed up to be. As some of these people, you know, versions of the of the, the entities that live within our earth, maybe so. I don't know, but it's it certainly seems that they have an odd array of different kinds of beings, that they dress up to be and do these dances and stuff. And the pictures of the ant people that they have, they're usually much bigger than the normal person. Um, they usually have these weird antenna on them and everything. But you know, these Native Americans, they didn't draw things they didn't see. They didn't draw weird stuff, they always draw the animals and the people and plants and the things that they saw. And so when they describe these ant people, you know, and they tell them and they tell you about people that bring them down in there. This, to me, is what's happening on our planet today. It is no coincidence that we are where we are. There's an intention to this planet, to the people who believe that they rule it and want to rule it by fear. And that's just an illusion, right? It's an illusion of, of something that's projected because we're afraid. So we create this illusion of what the world is and what it looks like. But certainly, if we remove ourselves from being completely terrified, what's going to happen to us and being in fight or flight mode all the time and we start to live in love we can start to see the bigger picture the broader picture and this is a um this is a purification time of our planet that's super important we can make it through you know all everything i've read says you can make it through but you have to be someone who two ways you know you have to be on the path to, to harmony to harmony to love not to money and power and people who are obsessed with those kind of things. that don't think get through to this new world. You know what I mean? It's the people who care about each other, who want to live on the land and be in community, work with each other and those kind of things. That's what's super important here. That's what's sustaining, right? Is people who, who want to get together and do things together. Nowadays we're so disconnected. You know, I have, you know, talking about bartering, I have nothing to offer. We don't have anything to offer. We don't have, a lot of vegetables and fruits and food and we don't know how to make clothes anymore. Um, you know, even what our, you know, our grandparents knew, they knew so much more than how to make preserves. Most people don't know how to make a preserve to, to save something for a long time without refrigeration. Um, and so we have to get back to the necessities of life, of learning how to make these things, learning how to live with each other, learning how to co-op with each other. It's so important. Um, So, again, I I 100% believe that it is more than possible and and highly likely that there are civilizations that live in the earth. There's no reason why so many cultures and so many continents should have similar stories about beings who live in the earth. I mean, even in Columbus's diary. Uh, He's in the Bermuda Triangle near the Bahamas and Puerto Rico, right? And he sees a ship, a light that flies out of the water and and into the sky. In his time, there should be nothing like that. And Puerto Rico is supposed to be one of the number one places for like USOs, unidentified submerged objects. So um, there's just, you know, I'll be honest. I believe that there are civilizations underneath the water as well. I mean, we... We think that we know it all, and we're so smart, and we and and just because we have tall buildings and cars, and we're so civilized, you guys, we're not. There have been people on this planet who have been much more attuned and harmonious to this planet, and knowing much more tire technologies than we do. We can't even build the pyramids and the precision that they were built. We can't even build Coral Castle in Florida with the precision that a guy who was five feet tall and a hundred pounds uh, built it. You know. Um, because he had those secrets and he knew he knew how to he had to levitate blocks, um, so here's here's the big deal. Here's the big idea. I think if we're in a purification process, if we're in the end of this Kali Yuga, if the end of Pisces and we're moving into the age of Aquarius, right, then it's time. It's time to get your heart right. It's time to get your life right. It's time to get your spiritual body in place. Because that's what's going to get you to the next world. Um, I believe this is a graduation period and we have reincarnated on this planet over and over and over and over and over, and over again to get to this point. To take all the knowledge, all the information that you've gathered up. If you win someone to gather up money and hoard money and, and power and those kind of things, it's not going to get you there. And so you you probably feel really poor right now, but if you've been someone to gather spirituality, gather up information, um, connection, things like that, in this life, it probably feels like for you, so many things are bleeding through so many lifetimes are bleeding through so many remembering and downloads of all the things that you've, that you've learned throughout these many, many lifetimes, because we are coming to this time, this incredible purification time where uh, you know, big things are going to happen. And, 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 you know, when a mother gives birth and and there's pain and there's, and there's agony and there's screaming and, and there's a lot of stuff that goes on, but there, we don't see it as like this total devastation thing, because there's going to be, you know, screaming and pain. We, we look to the end result, which is a child is going to be born. That's what I believe is more happening. A new evolution of human beings on this planet, maybe homoluminous. I don't know. But at least a, a way, when we look at evolution, we see all of a sudden spontaneously uh, hominoids that are different, Cro magnon Man, Paleolithic Man, um, Homo sapiens, they're different people, right? There's no millions of years evolving in from one to the other. There's this and there's this. I believe that we're coming to a time when evolution will take, will take place spontaneously. And those living in higher dimensional frequencies uh, will be able to encompass this frequency to to blossom into the the gods and the goddesses that we really are knowing that and so here i want to i want to say something here to, to hopefully blow everyone's minds because many people will tell me jacob there's no way there's no way that that people live inside the planet there's no way there's civilizations inside the planet you know what i mean um I think most of the people listening to this right now, watching this on YouTube or um, Ascension Works television would probably assume that we have chakras, right? I'm not even going to assume it at this point. We 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 know we, we have uh, energy systems in the body, right? Seven, mains, seven main energy centers and many, many, many multiple centers on top of that. And, and with the seven main energy centers, we should have nerve endings that end up at these points in the heart. In our throat, and, and when they come together, it's a lot of nerve endings in those places, and in the gut, and everything else. If you were to die today and people were to cut you open, no one would be able to pull out a chakra. No one, right? It, it's a spiritual idea. Does it exist 100%, but it's not something physically tangible that you can hold. So, regardless of whether these civilizations are so physical they can be touched and they can be drilled into and, and and tangible. Maybe they're not. Maybe Shambhala is in a higher frequency, higher dimensional frequency now. Maybe it is something that only those with the attuned eyes, with the attuned hearts can see. Only those people who actually believe it can see it. Um, I do believe believing is seeing, and not seeing is believing in my heart. I believe many things that now that I can see, um, as so it's not the other way around, but that's, that's my convincing argument. You can't cut a chakra out of your brain. You can't, what about a thought? We know that our brain is, there's tons of thoughts in there, right? We all know we have many thoughts going on, but you're never going to find a place where you can cut it open, dissect and find a thought. It's never going to be in there. You're never going to find that, but you know, the brain has thoughts in it. So I'm saying at the very least that there has to be at least a higher dimensional frequency within our earth that harbors higher dimensional beings that are able to use those spaces for their own, for their own civilizations. And at least some individuals, uh, from Abel bird to the Hopi, to Egyptians, to the Mayans, all talk about going within the earth to find, um, to find them And certain, cert- obviously not everyone who goes in there does, but certainly some people have, and they come back and tell us these stories. That's where I find so much incredible honest, right? Cause it's absolute honest that something like this would exist, that this could be in a higher dimensional frequency. And one of the things, another argument for this is this. I believe that in my spiritual journey, that I have gone within myself enough to find treasures untold, to find out who I really am, what I'm really made out of, my reincarnation stories that have kind of come to me and bled through into this life. There's a vast amount of, you know, what people could call consciousness consciousness. Are the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is within all of us. And if you're able to see that kingdom of heaven within you, then certainly if you know Mother Earth is alive, that there's a kingdom of heaven within her as well. That's where I'm, that's what completely convinces me because I'm a microcosm of the earth. And I've found my inner worlds. And I know there's more that I even have to discover beyond where I'm at right now. So if if there are inner worlds inside of me, then there certainly are inner worlds inside of our earth, and you know just because you know you have a heart and a liver and lungs, and you can cut those things out and they're physical, doesn't mean that you don't have chakras or you don't have thoughts or you don't have love. Certainly, love is something that comes from your heart, but you can't—it's not tangible, and you can hug someone and you can feel it, but you can't show it to someone. I mean, you know, in a tangible way. Um, that's the thing that makes this this these kind of discussions argument. If you haven't, if you're a person who hasn't really discovered the inner worlds of yourself, the kingdom of heaven within you, if you haven't at least just touched on it a little bit, I agree with you that those things don't exist because you're never going to find it, you're never going to see it, and you can't believe it because you can't imagine it in your mind. And what a, what an incredible thing imagination is! I Magi nation, the place inside all of us were magicians and magi's that is super important right to realize i have to be able to imagine it to create it that's where that's where it's created is in my imagination so i just want to thank you guys tonight for being here with me for being on such a cool topic i think this is something that's super important and you know let's not label things conspiracy theories but Let's be open to different topics. Let's try out new things. Let's be open to having a discussion on it. And, and, you know, instead of just shutting down a conversation because it doesn't make sense to you right away. There are a lot of things that don't make sense in this world, but I certainly want to have a conversation and a discussion with people um, just to find out, you know, Hey, let's talk about it. Let's, let's get there because there could be an incredible paradise inside of our planet and they may be able to show us how to create a the paradise back into our surface part of the planet. And that's what I'm interested in because I do believe the paradise on this planet, you know, is, is, not just in it, but it's on it as well. It's inside of us. It's everywhere. And we have just gone astray from that. We don't see it anymore. We see, you know, the world in the way people want us to see it. But certainly when I'm in my everyday life and am hanging out with people and I see the love and I see the beauty and I see the incredible parts of it. So I know that paradise still exists. And I, and I think that's what I strive for. And so it's stories like this that help me believe that paradise on this planet still exists inside on and everywhere. Um, And that's what's super important. So thank you guys for joining me tonight. I'm incredibly thankful each and every time uh, we come here and we get to talk about these cool subjects. Um, I certainly I'm thankful for everyone who comes and spends their time. You know, again, thank you guys for joining me. Um, For all of you who are watching on Central Works Live TV right now, I can't wait to talk to you about the subject afterwards. Um, And I want to reach out to more people, like say, hey, come join us. Come be a part of these conversations, because I feel like so many people are isolated and feel all alone. And just to know for sure that there are people like you, who believe that the, there's more good out there? to believe that the world is a beautiful place. Turn your television off, turn the programming off, programming off, and let's brainwash ourselves and wash out all the gunk and all the old programs and, and create a new world that works for everyone. So, again, thank you guys all for being here. I'm incredibly grateful to have this platform to talk to you guys on. Um, and, um, and I can't wait for more. So, thank you guys, my divine God understanding of myself, my my godlike nature sees and recognizes your your God, your goddess, your divine that you are. and I'm so thankful for it. namaste.